I have a chance to be Miss Weenie Tot. <laughs> Do you know what that means? It means that if I win, I get to go to supermarkets and hold a tray of Weenie Tots in front of a cold freezer while a bunch of old men look up my dress. <laughs> I have dreamt about this since I was a little girl. <laughs> and if I win, I get a year's supply of weenie tots. Oh, hey. <laughs> Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a woman? No Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. That's right. I'm Al, the nameless shoe salesman with a name. I'm Jamie. Heavy is the head of she who wears the crown. I'm Aaron. My tots, my tots, my weenies have been exposed. Oh, whoa. Jamie, turn around. <laughs> <laughs> nice. How many do you have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How many weenies you got? <laughs> Uh, we are reviewing Weenie Tot Lovers and Other Strangers. Okay, the title is based off the 1970 film Lovers and Other Strangers. Yes, starring B. Arthur. <laughs> Ooh. So, that's, that's weird. What did she look like in 1970? Ooh, so hot, dude. Oh, really? You know B stands for No. B, right? For what? Beatrice. Did you ever watch Maud? No. It was just a few years before Maud, so imagine Maud and then subtract a few years, and then that's that, that's not that hot. Yeah. Ooh, she looks like she like when I would see her, I was like, she just looks like she would be like my teacher the next year. Like, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like you know how like teachers just had a certain look. Like, I would believably see her on TV or something and be like, oh, that's probably my teacher in fifth grade or something yeah <laughs> well it's funny because she played a teacher on golden girls there you go i don't even know if i knew that yeah yeah she's always been a bruiser though <laughs> she seemed really tall she was very tall she was a behemoth which was <laughs> which was always hilarious when she was right next to sophia because sophia was so tiny sophia well we need tot Lovers and Other Strangers is Season 5, Episode 18, original air date March 24th, 1991. Director Jerry Cohen, writer Kevin Coran. Peggy and Al must decide whether to give their last $100 to Bud, who's been selected a top teen, or to Kelly, who has a chance to become Miss Weenie Tot. Special guests... Ray Gerardin, Heather Parkhurst, Rick Ford, Milt Tarver, Helena Apotheker, Jennifer Barf, Dan Tullis Jr. Oh, uh, Braff. Jennifer Braff. Dan Tullis Jr. as Officer Dan. Un but unfortunately, he's just called Policeman here. He's still not called by the name uh, we all know and love him for. So, yeah. This is an iconic episode. Everybody remembers the Weenie Tot episode. 
There is actually two of them. Another one takes place in season 11. But this is, uh, you know, this is the iconic one, though. This is the one that, you know, people really think about. Something about Weenie Tots just really, it, it didn't have to be said much or happen often or anything, but... For Married with Children, you know, when you think of Weenie Tots, it's almost it goes just as much as Tang does, you know? Mm-hmm. It's weird. Maybe because it's their own thing, they kind of created this, right? There's no real Weenie Tot, is there? Whenever I heard the expression Weenie Tots, I think it's weird because I never thought Tater Tots at all. Like, I didn't think there was any bit of potato in it. Um, but I kind of envisioned them being like uh, pigs in a blanket. You know what I'm saying? That's what I thought they were. Yeah. yeah. That's what I pictured too. But then I just, I realized that I'll bet they're like tater tots in that they are chunks of weenie. Like, so they're just little baby weenies. So if you look online and you write weenie tots, then just hit images. It is mostly pigs in a blanket, but then there's other ones where it's like sliced hot dogs with uh, tater tots thrown on them. Hmm. It's weird because when we get to this episode, we dive deeper in. It's very confusing what a weenie tot is because normally um, a pig in a blanket, when you get it for home purchase or whatever, it's frozen. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I'm i just very confused at what it really is. But I think it's safe to just imagine pigs in a blanket. And it's funny because when, when what hap- later happens, I always figure – they package them like space food or something, you know, like it's everything's dry or something like that. And right, but then it's like, yeah, but why would you eat a dry pig in a plate? You know, it, I I don't I don't get it. Hey, this is this is the same guy that's cooking a peanut M and M. So right, okay, yeah, let's get there. So, oh, and by the way, Aaron, thank you for joining us again, guys. Dan could not make it. He's he's gonna miss a couple shows, but I think he'll be back for you. Better shop around. So look forward to Dan's triumphant return. Uh, Aaron, great job last week. Can't wait to get into this episode with you, man. Oh, thank you for having me again, brother. I'm just glad to be here in the Jiggly Room. Yeah, who isn't? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, guys, this is the Married Children Podcast. No one can look glum with a Married Children Podcast in their ear. Wait, who wrote that? <laughs> we have to fire our writers. <laughs> I think that's a spinoff of Al saying no one can look glum with a weenie tot on their tongue, but I don't know. So Al's cooking an M&M in a pan. Uh, never turns the burner off. It was never on. <laughs> or else maybe it, he just turned it off before we got there. <laughs> he rolled it around a couple times. And I like how he like throws it up in the pan and catches it. Like he's just an expert now. Hey, they melt in your mouth, not in a pan. Yeah, you would think the chocolate would like just burst out of that shell, like spewing hot lava chocolate, right? Right, mm-hmm. Oh, man, I felt like I could get used to this. <laughs> oh, I bet the peanut inside is all warm and toasty. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Bless this M&M. <laughs> and the mighty cockroach I slain in battle to get it. I would have liked to see that fight. <laughs> you ruined my day, you know. Well, Peg, it's your own fault. Stop asking me if you look old in the morning. Not that. Thanks to you, I had a humiliating experience at the beauty parlor. Your paycheck fell out of my purse and everyone saw it. 
I tried to pretend it was Buds, but no one believed me. There it was, just as plain as day. Al Bundy, 80 pesos. So I pretended to laugh like I thought it was funny, but inside I was dying. To today's conversion rate, it would be uh, just under $6. Uh, which I don't get because that means he only worked two hours or maybe three and then one third of that was taken away in taxes and he only got six bucks. Maybe it was his commission check. Yeah, that I believe. We should look into if he has a commission check and then like a base pay check if there's two two separate ones. Yeah, well, I was trying to get into Al's credit score, but uh, I couldn't get anything on that. <laughs> long, long ago, I was like, people are going to think we're nuts, and we're talking about Al's credit. And it's funny, because Peg did actually mention a, a credit limit. It, I think it was like the last one, or the all-night security dude, I think, where she says, I got him to up your credit card limit to $100. <laughs> hey, that's a lot in married with children terms. Yeah, can you imagine you have a credit card and it goes up to like $75? Like, what the hell am I wasting my time for here? That would be awful. (laughs) The peanut's all warm and toasty. She eats Al's M&M. You know, this is the the lady who gets a slam dunk breakfast at Kippy's while her family is fighting over an M&M between the oven and the dishwasher. And she still doesn't, yeah. And then Al tries to suck it out of her mouth and fails. They turn Peg on, though, so that's good, I guess. Where do all these M&Ms come from? It seems like in episodes there's always M&Ms just scattered throughout the house. (laughs) I don't know. I think it's like glitter. It just, you know, if you get any at all anywhere near your home, you're going to be finding it for years. Or Christmas tree needles. Exactly. That's what it is. So this was 1991, March. So the president then was uh, George Bush. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Because like they mentioned that. I guess it's not that crazy because of the time we're in. But, you know, George Bush just. What was it like 20 days ago? He uh... passed away. Wow. 94 years old. Mm hmm. Yeah. George Bush, the president. Bud. Oh, wow. That means he'll never get to meet him now. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Because, you know, he was still trying for the last 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's what he's been up to. <laughs> we should look into if Dave Faustino ever did end up meeting President Bush. Yeah, wouldn't, isn't that crazy? And if he got he's... some of that presidential toilet paper. Yeah. Yeah, Al wanted a, Al wanted a meal and toilet paper out of it. He, he was just wanting food. He never got to use that toilet paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Yeah, George Bush just died. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Because mm-hmm. we don't ever talk about, you know, politics or anything on this show or presidents that often. You know, we did it to talk about the the names of the high schools and stuff. But Right, right. Yeah. Mom, Dad, I've got some great news. I've been selected one of five Chicago area students to go to the White House and meet the president. Hey, did you hear that? My boy's going to meet the president. Son, do me a favor. If you meet the white-haired old lady, you know, Mrs. President? She seems nice. Tell her to go into the kitchen and fix something up and bring it home to old dad, will you? And uh, while you're at it, uh, bring me back some of that presidential toilet paper. Man, I'll bet that stuff is smooth. Yeah, sure, Dad. Mom, you want me to grab a lamp or anything if I have a hand free? Well, I would 
couldn't spit at a painting. Just dad's laundry, eh, mom? Anyway, all I need for the trip is a hundred bucks. hundred bucks? So for a hundred bucks, we can get the president to come here. Ah, what the hell? Hey, uh, give me my checkbook. You want the personal or the corporate account? I, I want the joint account. You know, the one where the checks say, Mrs. Peggy Bundy and the nameless shoe salesman. Now, this is a kind of nice moment. They don't even really hesitate to give it to Bud. Now, here's a really weird line, though. Here you go, son. Now, this is the Bundy's last $100. You're proud of me, aren't you, Dad? I'm proud of both my children. It's just so random and just not normal for Al to say something like that. Actually, any human being, like, why would you bring up the other kid when we're talking about this kid right now? Maybe he wasn't one to play favoritism? The They're normally, historically, only proud of Kelly when she comes up with, this, like, a new scheme that might benefit them. You know, like, That's true. marrying a senator or uh, becoming a weather girl or, again, in this case... You know, I, I know it's, I'm looking into it too much, but it just struck me as weird. It's almost like it was just for the setup or something like that, you know? So Kelly walks in, falls over the couch, because they just put that couch there. It was never there before. <laughs> Do you guys ever notice a couch in the Bundy house? Oh, yeah. No, never. Yeah, never. So they just used to stand in front of the TV, but now there's a couch in this episode. <laughs> you guys, I have great news. <laughs> couch always here <laughs> anyway I have a chance to be Miss Weenie Tot do you know what that means it means that if I win I get to go to supermarkets and hold a tray of Weenie Tots in front of a cold freezer while a bunch of old men look up my dress <laughs> I have dreamt about this since I was a little girl sounds like a good time to me oh yeah <laughs> Am I old enough to be considered old to do that? I hope not. Um, no, I, well, no. I, I don't think you're in the same stratosphere as old. So, no. <sighs> yeah. Well, maybe hot if you do it. Oh, right. Right. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, man. That might, that might work out for you. You never know. Come with me, dude. Come on. It's on. <laughs> Jamie, you can go too if you want. Yeah. I feel like I feel like Jamie would be like our our backup. Like if we if that happened, we would be like, oh, she dropped a contact. Yeah, we're just <laughs> we're just trying to help. And if I win, I get a year's supply of weenie tots. Oh, man. <laughs> Which wow, if that made any sense, I guess they would um they'd just be able to keep getting them at the supermarket with either like a gazillion coupons, and they just get them whenever they want. Because you know any other way to have a year supply of food would make no sense <laughs> one time um <clears throat> me and my buddies we had a there was a video game contest um that was put on by the local hardies of all things and if you want it and we were all in high school if you want it you got like 500 dollars, and then also a year supply of parties and we won and it wasn't like we could just go in there every day and order the menu. Basically, the way the year supply worked was we got a – they gave us a coupon for a free, like, cheeseburger a week. A week? Yeah, a week. It, it was pretty It was pretty cool, though, because, like, we – you know, that was a piece, and there was four of us in the group. 
And uh, we would just, I mean, the, it didn't matter. Like the people at Hardee's, they didn't care at all. So we would use three or four of them at a time. I mean, they didn't, you know, when you're in high school and you're just like a human garbage disposal and stuff, like we went through that year supply. I mean, because I guess it was essentially that would be 52 free cheeseburgers. And then between four people, you're looking at 208 free cheeseburgers. If wow. my correct. So, so yeah, but so we, we went, we ran through it though pretty fast. Nice. What's a weenie tot? What's a weenie tot? <laughs> hey, a weenie tot is a delicious little hot dog type meat wrapped in a breaded shell and deep fried in pure lard. <laughs> it's nature's perfect food. All I need is a hundred dollars for a new dress to impress the judges. Well, can the pathetic dreams, Kel, because I got Dad's last hundred right here to meet the president. <laughs> Can it be true? My little girl, the symbol of this country's superiority in chemically treated food? <laughs> and bringing home those little weenies to dear old Dad. And wow, that was $100 well spent, man. She looks banging. She looks fantastic. I think the dress is hideous. I do. It's It's awful. I, I, I'm with Jamie on this one. I have in my notes, the dress looks like Kelly's outfit when they get to the place looks like something Miss Elizabeth or better yet, Jake the Snake Roberts ring girl would wear to the ring. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I like it. Dude, Miss Elizabeth, she was the, oh my God. Elizabeth, will you marry me? <laughs> <laughs> well, Randy, just answer me. <laughs> It looks great when you first see her, like when they open the door and she walks in. She just looks so hot. So that's how I came up with that. It was $100 well spent. But she's been in so many hot dresses. You know, in TV shows, it's funny because rarely do they have a character repeat clothing. So you would think all these TV characters have closets the size of houses Mm -hmm. because they never wear the same outfit twice. Al does. You know, he always sort of has that blue shirt on and, like, the the pants and, you know, it's always sort of the same. Peg's clothes are always super derivative of, like, the, the patterns and the same type of shirt, you know, things like that. Uh-huh. Um, the same types of pants, um, same types of necklaces. But I'm sure some of those repeat. And Kelly's clothes are derivative, too, of, like, whatever she's sort of looking like these days. Because Kelly has, like, an amazing evolution of character. It's so weird. She's like a completely different person in season one. Season two is different. And then three, four, and five are so different from those even. And then she becomes a whole nother person when she cuts her hair short and stuff later on. Her clothes always fit whatever evolution she's going through. What's your favorite Kelly phase? Right now. Yeah, It's right now? Yeah. I like, I guess... I want to say it's around six or seven when she kind of goes through a seventies looking phase and has bell bottoms and stuff. Hmm. And like, I think that's my favorite one. Yeah, I get. Oh, I like them all, but um, this is the iconic Kelly to me. I could, yeah, I could see that. You know, and the last episode, it was like when people think of Kelly Bundy, I think they think of the way she looks in this episode and the last episode, like when oh yeah, that thoughts in their brain. So. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm actually in the place where they make weenie tots. Daddy, did you notice that there are no garbage cans outside? Well, a lot of places now are into recycling, honey. 
Attention, everyone. Mr. Schnick, president of Weeny Tot Incorporated, will be with you in a moment. He's just briefing his vice president. Okay. Okay. The girls are going to be in here any minute. Now, remember, remember, you're all vice presidents. Boobies. Boobies. Johnson. Now, you calm down. Okay, get him in here, Flopsy. Oh, there they are. Are they lovely? Come right in, come right in, come right in. Make yourselves comfortable. Thank you, girls. Thank you. Thank you. All the babes are looking good, especially <laughs> Flopsy. She's got fantastic legs. Oh, what's not fantastic? <clears throat> Dude, I tell you what. So it's so funny you bring that up, Jamie, because I had to look her up on IMDb, right? The first photo that you see on IMDb of her when you click on the photos of like, because, you know, I, I kind of want to see how these chicks look now and all that stuff is flopsy chick. Her legs are frighteningly chicken. Oh, really? In, in the first photo, I mean, it could just be a weird angle, but I don't know how you fake that. Like, But they look so good here. I mean, you get such a, like a long shot of them when, you know, she's got her feet propped up on the desk. Oh, they're perfect there, yeah. Her name is uh, Heather Elizabeth Parkhurst. Okay, yeah, go to IMDb right now and look at this picture and you'll be like, oh, Lord, what happened to your legs? Where'd they go? Well, I uh, <clears throat> I might as well get to this then. This is going to be depressing. I was going to save it for the end, but... Oh, Jesus. What it looks like is that this is a more recent photo and that she has lost a lot of weight. And That's, Yes, yes. She has, like, no hips and no... I mean, yeah. Oh, why? What's going on now? Oh, Jesus. God. This is disturbing. Alex. So she was nude, but you don't want to type that in or look at it because this young lady, uh, she lost both of her breasts to a flesh-eating disease after having a breast reduction surgery botched. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah, if, if, you, if you go on IMDb... I mean, uh... Google, type in Elizabeth, Heather Elizabeth Parkhurst nude, and then images. The sixth image is her, oh my god, it's, it's, she showed, ugh, I can't even look at it. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, so that's, sorry, let's get back to happier times. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is really depressing. I'm going to play some, like, cheerful music during that whole part, too, so it's more uplifting. It's going to seem really morbid. I know. So, guess what, guys? She had a flesh-eating disease. Yeah, sorry, honey. Uh, that, that sucks. Because she actually was in uh, quite a few episodes of Married Children. Uh, she comes back for Route 666 Part 2, which everybody seems to come back for that one. Remember how we said, like, there's so many um, people that were on the show and they all come back for Route 666 Part 2? Yep. Only? She got a beautiful face, too. Yeah. And she also comes back in the gas station show as Hilligar. She's one of the uh, uh, the Swedish bikini team girls. Ah. Yeah. So she was in Beverly Hills 90210 as Dream Girl. Now, we're talking about Flopsy, just in case anybody forgot. She was in Melrose Place, Saved by the Bell, the college years as Sally in the poker game. I have to watch that again. <laughs> I wonder if she still has a huge rack. I wonder how that... I, I don't even remember that. That's cool. And her last movie was in 2009, The League. She was in uh, Pauly Shore is Dead. Wow. So this place has no garbage cans. They have a barrel of beaks and claws. And the workers are all missing at least one hand. The implications of that, you would think that 
these people just had accidents while they were working in the conveyor line or whatever. The hand just, you know, got chopped off, fell in, and we ate it. That's what you guys think, too, right, when you see that? Yeah, but then I wonder why is the every... I mean, who all is working on the line here? Because you've got guys wearing lab coats, and then you've got guys, you know, that not. And I'm thinking, what's happening? (laughs) How do all of your lines of work end in hand chops? So... Al is trying to impress Flopsy <laughs> with these fake stories. <laughs> so stupid. Kelly, good luck, huh? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go outside and play with Flopsy now. <laughs> <laughs> you may be wondering what a 25-year-old millionaire is doing with an 18-year-old daughter. <laughs> Not really. Anyway, um... Both her parents, especially her mother, died in a flaming car wreck. Sir, you're spraying me. How did he not tell her that he scored four touchdowns in one game? Yeah, tell some real stories. So the girls are, you know, trying to win the judges over. and The judges all look like just guys who work there, and it's ultimately in the hands of the main guy running the place. I was going to say, the manager seems like a cool guy for just being like, Hey, guys, come on in. Check this out. This would be a good thing for you. You lost your hands, I guess. Right. That, that's what I was thinking. He was just being nice because they lost their hands. Well, and then he even told the janitorial staff they can they can watch, too. They just have to, you know, look through the holes in the wall or whatever. I, I say – I have my notes. I have, I have written in parentheses, camera shows nerds' hands. <laughs> I guess it should be lack thereof, but – Perfect, yeah. Yeah, they have hooks, guys, for hands. It's just – Hooks. Uh, I think... See, it's hard to tell. I think I'm right, though. There's two people of names that I'm not... One's Ray Geraden as Mr. Schnick, and the other one is Rick Ford as Johnson, which I don't know either one of them, but one of these guys have to be this the main guy working at Weenie Tot. So I'm going to go with Ray for now. He is alive today, according to IMDb. He hasn't worked since 99 in Law & Order. He was... Dun, dun. Yeah. He was in Happy Days, Mork & Mindy, TJ Hooker, Full House, The A-Team. So that's that's one guy. And real fast, I'll go to Rick Ford because I just don't know who was who here. He was in The Tattoo Chase, Still on the Road, The Cannes Film Festival. He And here's the weird thing about this guy. He was an elf at Macy's Santa Land in New York City, 1983, and regrets giving his elf handbook to his agent as a Christmas present. Hmm. Why would anyone know that that's his regret in his life? Can you imagine that's your, like, when you go down in history and somebody looks you up? The acting bug bit him when he played the Scarecrow in his second grade production of Wizard of Oz. Like, is your acting (laughs) career that horrible that I have to know those things? I think they're just trying to put some filler on there. Like, that's what I'm saying. When you turn something in, like a turn something in for school and the the answers of the story is not really right or you have to do an essay. So you just do three paragraphs of just like talking in circles pretty much. Yeah. Like that is the most talking in circles IMDb I've ever read in my life. (laughs) My name is Butter Lefkowitz, and I hope one day to be a doctor. Butter Liskowitz. 
Uh, most people know the name Butter on Married with Children. Now, I, did you get there yet, Aaron? Because I know you're blasting through. Was anybody named Butter yet that anybody made phone calls to? Yep. Yep. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. yep, I got you. Butter Leskowitz is uh, Helena Apothecar. She was in three episodes of Married with Children. This one, kids, what are you going to do? You better shop around part one. So it's that these are all like back to back to back, basically. Yeah, they're all coming up. She was uh, in nine hundred two one zero in the green room episode, the surfing episode. She had, she's still working in two thousand fifteen. She was on a show called Diagnosis Murder, and this poster's outstanding. Yeah, so she has some somewhat of a, a little thing going on, but I guess she did not do acting as a full time job. Eighteen credits. One more thing to mention about Flopsy. She was actually in the the TV show Top of the Heap. Really? Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Like, we're going to review that for Patreon exclusive. And because uh, it's not really a marriage with children. It's more of like the pilot of that. So it's going to be a bonus show. My name is Rhonda Rose, and I believe we must stop pollution. So Rhonda Rosie is Jennifer Barf, uh, Braff. I keep saying that. She was Rhonda Rosie. She was only in this episode, and she only has two acting credits. So Is it Rhonda Rosie or Rhonda Rose? Rose. I, I can see how that happened, though. <laughs> Where's her Rowdy Piper t-shirt? Whoa. That's what I want to know. <laughs> I'm Kelly pronounced Kelly Bundy and I think guys with hooks for hands are cool (laughs) and now for the all important talent competition dance so they got the girls dancing for them they got them doing limbo they got them doing jumping jacks I mean this is incredible with only a long knife I slayed the beast that crushed my wife and left me alone in my mansion with the world's largest diamond does it smell like feet in here? I don't smell anything okay, here's the truth I'm not 25 I'm not a millionaire and uh, those were my feet but uh, here's the real story. I'm Joe Namath. 69 Super Bowl, babe. That was me. 1969? I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> so Al prays again. This is back-to-back episodes now that Al prays to God. This is becoming a... He's becoming a religious man, if you ask me. Dude, I was gonna say that, because I have that in my notes. And I think he prays twice in this episode. Oh, man, I didn't realize that. Wow. A man of God. Yeah, he is. He's becoming one. God's shoes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) So, Lord, I know I've come to you a time or two in the past. Of course... You've been less than receptive. Well, you know, the wife thing, the shoe thing, the 
life thing. Yeah, but you got to remember, Al, God was pretty receptive with the song thing. I mean, he even started playing the song right in the middle of it. It wasn't even the beginning of the song, so you got to know the name was Anna. Go with him. But Lord, this time, I have a chance at winning a year's supply of weenie tots here. You know how good they are? They're made up of all your creatures. So, please let Kelly win. And if you do, I'll, I'll be nice to everyone I meet forever and ever. Amen. Kelly, I won! I won! He goes to run over and hug her, but fat lady's in the way, and he says to get out of the way, you behemoth. <laughs> That's typical Al. As soon as God gives him what he wants, yeah, whatever. I'm not going to follow through on my end. I fully expected the guy to come out of the office at that point and and snatch it away from her for whatever reason. Like they had found, they'd found some reason that they were going to repeal her win because he went against God. I just thought that would have been tragic, (laughs) but funny. I love too when he's praying. He's like, you know how delicious they are. They're made up of all your creatures. The beaks and claws of all your creatures. Mm-hmm. So, Bud is on the couch watching the other four kids meet the president. And so continues our special half hour on the four plucky Chicago area youths who have captured the hearts of a nation. <laughs> the meeting with the president today. The ride in Air Force One. The gifts showered on them from corporate America. But you have to wonder about the mysterious fifth youth who didn't make the trip. Well, I guess he had better things to do. Hi, bud. Gee, why so glum? Is it that president thing again? Now, baby, come on. There'll be plenty of other once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. Now, I know what would make up for this. Let's go get ice cream. Ice cream? Do you think some lousy chocolate sprinkles can make up for this? Could have ridden an Air Force One. Could have had a scholarship to Harvard. I could have been playing Nintendo with Dan Quayle in the war room. (laughs) This is the worst thing that's ever happened. Guess what? The Weenie Tots are here! And as soon as Al rolls in with the Weenie Tots, the way Peg shoves Bud Mm -hmm. is so funny, dude. Dude, I laughed out loud. Oh, my God. Like, he's a piece of garbage. Dude, I like, too, that she says to him, she says, there'll be plenty of other once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. (laughs) Yeah, they really do know how to lay you down gently, don't they? (laughs) Oh, and we have an exclusive on-the-show update. So, guys, I tweeted Bud Bundy himself, the real-life Bud Bundy, David Faustino, and I said, in the Weenie Tots episode, you lost your chance to meet George Bush. We are reviewing that episode right now. And we're curious if you ever got to meet him in real life or not, now that he passed away. He wrote back, nope. So that's the official statement from Bud Bundy himself, David Faustino. He never got to meet George Bush. Man, you would never get this information anywhere else. Uh, The Married with Children podcast always delivers. Remember that. Now let's get back to Al wheeling in this enormous supply of weenie tots here. They get a that's their year supply. Now that's what I was alluding to earlier. Like if you get a year supply of of food, 
Even if these were frozen weenie tots, nobody has a freezer big enough for a year's supply of them. Why are you giving to us, giving them to us all at once? They're dry. Uh, and those little cardboard boxes stop them from touching air? I find that hard to believe. Yeah, I, I don't know what universe we're living in, but, it, <laughs> like, I assume, like I said, they were frozen, I guess. Like, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't understand, like, what, what, what happened. But, I mean, they're supposed to be a thing of their own, you know what I mean? So right. maybe we're wrong in assuming they're pigs in a blanket. They're supposed to be something that, like, disintegrates so fast, if not eaten, that we can't even see what they are. Well, what does the um, the logo look like? It's a hot dog that's seemingly wrapped. I think he's wearing like a little tuxedo or something, isn't he? Yeah, and you would imagine that's the the dough. I think it's safe to assume that they're pigs in a... I don't know, though, but you're right. Why are they dry? Why are they disintegrating? They're not made of the animals that they're supposed to. This is the greatest day in the history of the Bundys. Son, yeah. no one can look glum with a weenie tot on their tongue. <laughs> <laughs> I like when Al, ha- he gives the line, no one could be glum with a Winnie Ta on their tongue, and he throws one, and it hits Bud in the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. I gotta get back to work, but at least I got something now to put in my lunchbox. Oh, look, Al. Weenie Tots is running a new scratch-and-sniff sweepstakes. If your cart smells like a weenie, you win $50,000. <laughs> Let's open them all up and see if we won. Peg, no! Read the label. No nutritional value. No, keep reading. <laughs> this is not a food? Ah, no. The fine print. That's the best stuff, too. Now, something tells me, Aaron, that you would still eat it, even if you read those things. Oh, yeah. People have told me what's in, like, because like, I love hot dogs, for example, mm-hmm. and I've heard, like, the weirdest stuff in the world in a hot dog. And I, I, I like, I, I, I'll tell you what. There's a Simpsons episode, uh, Lisa B. Oh, I knew you were going to say this. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, it's so great. So, so the episode, that episode where like it shows part of a boot and a bunch of other stuff. Right. Like, yeah, and they all come together. Yeah. Every time I eat a hot dog, which is often, I think of that. And I think Ooh. of that episode. I, I've probably made hot dogs and watched that episode of the Simpsons. Oh my God. So, so yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that you're right. I would probably still eat it. Yep. Yeah, something tells me. Yep. <laughs> I'd be right there next to you. Yeah, I know. Eating weenie tots. Eating weenie tots. And how did God in his infinite wisdom make all the food that tastes good bad? I don't know how he knew to do that. Why did he make food that tastes bad good for you? I mean, that's just... Right. What an odd prank he did. He doesn't want it to be appealing. He doesn't want health to be appealing on any level. Yeah. Except I- for the end result. Yeah, if you think about it, I think if, like, good-tasting food made you all ripped up, it would probably make the world a lot less vain, because everybody would be ripped up. Right, yeah. It could have helped. Yeah, it could have helped It could have helped stop vanity. You didn't think that went through, did you, God? <laughs> Do not expose weenie tots to air. Will accelerate disintegration process. Enjoy. How do you serve them? Yeah, I get. Only, they could only be on your plate for like, you know, it has to at some point be edible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a point in here where, oh yeah, so Peg wants to just 
go through all of them and get this ticket. She doesn't even care about eating for a year because you got to remember, she's been eating. She's been using the Bundy's money for everything except buying them food. Yep. So she doesn't have that same desperateness to have a year's supply of this crap. She'd rather just get this $50,000. And that's kind of sound. Now, Peg, I've got a year's supply of my favorite mock food. It, like me, is highly unstable. Al, if you don't want me to touch them, just say, don't touch them. Don't touch them. Then I won't. Al comes home, and all the weenie tots are opened and destroyed. And Peg is like... Breaking her nails, getting nosebleeds, trying to find this thing. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> place smells like rat droppings. <laughs> oh no! Woman, what have you done? Oh. My tots! My tots! My weenies have been exposed! <laughs> you disintegrated my tots! <laughs> once i've ruined my fingernails and i've had six nosebleeds al says can you just not open this one box which almost would go to what you believe aaron where it doesn't last any time he says don't open one box just let me get a beer but so i can enjoy one box of these things before they're all gone and peg couldn't even do that she opened it before he even turned around well there's one box left i may as well open it peg now, can we cut out the usual charade of I forbid you and you totally ignore me? So, how about this? Can I eat the last box in peace? Can you wait one stinking minute while I go to the fridge and get a beer to wash them down? Of course, honey. Congratulations, Peg. You just want a trip to Disney Fist. This is an example of, of her being the peg that I can't stand. Like, I can't because <laughs> he begged her. Yeah, Peg is definitely going back to, like, season two and three ways. She was cool for a while, and, like, the dumb things she did were never, like, direct Al, like, life-destroying things against Al or the kids or, like, starving them out. I mean, she still does that. Like, she just did that with the, uh, when... He, he Al gave her twenty dollars to go to the supermarket, and she came back with a magazine. But it, it, she's definitely going back to this, and this is one episode where that's a that's a fact. The amazing thing is that she actually pulled the winning card out of the last box. So now it's almost like well. You can't get mad at her. Oh, yeah. These guys might not have even known about it, and they just would have ate the Winnie Tots and threw the box out, and what would they care if there's a card in there, you know? So it almost makes you think, well, okay, this ain't so bad. So um, she does this, and they go to leave. They already have their bags packed for any chance they get to escape that house. Okay, then I shall go to Europe. <laughs> hey guys, want to represent the Marrow Children podcast? Go to tpublic.com. T E E P U B L I C 
www.marriedwithchildrenpodcast.com. Just go to the search bar and type in Married With Children Podcast. They have everything you need to rep your favorite podcast, tank tops, long sleeve shirts, baseball t-shirts, crew necks, hoodies. They even have these in kids' sizes. Phone cases for all different styles and sizes. Laptop case. Stickers. Wall art. Notebooks. Mugs. Pillows. Tote bags. Travel mugs. You name it. They got it all, guys. And for great prices, go to tpublic.com for all your Married with Children podcast representational needs. What's going on? Nothing. Give me that. Aha! You've won the weenie tot sniff steaks. We were just coming out to tell you to tell you all about the kinds of... Spare me your pork-scented lies. (laughs) At this point, I'm practically raising myself anyway. So I'll tell you what. Just give me the money you have in your pockets right now. Call it even. They give him the money. Oh! By the way... Here's a little something to chat about on the way back from the airport. You can't win. You're ineligible because your micro-brain daughter is now a Weenie Todd employee. <laughs> we'll be poor for the rest of our lives. Fight <laughs> <laughs> right on that Weenie. <laughs> is he right, Al? I'm afraid he is, Peg. <laughs> oh, what to do, what to do. Well, maybe Kelly can help us out of this. Boy, am I beat. All day long. Cut the ribbon, wave. Cut the ribbon, wave. Heavy is the head of she who wears the crown. Well, this is a fine mess. She's an idiot and the smart one's mad at us. What we need is a dupe. Someone dishonest enough to cash this ticket for us, yet honest enough not to run off with the money. They got to get two other people to turn this thing in. So they go to Jefferson and Marcy to turn in the winning card. You know what I love about this, too, is like in season five, when you really first get introduced to Jefferson, I don't want to say that there's necessarily like it takes a long time to get character growth. But knowing how Jefferson becomes and like, the, the schemer way, even though you find out in the first episode that he's in, that he was like, had all right. this other stuff going on. You really start to see the shades of his character. I feel like when he's like, I'll do it. Like, you know what I'm saying? And just kind of <laughs> like, like the way he is, um, you see what be, what the future of Jefferson becomes. And this is, I, I just love that. And like, of course, you know, the relationship with uh, the, the friendship with him and Al becomes the stuff of legend later on. Oh, yeah. Well, it also it was pretty telling when she goes, excuse me, Marcy. And he goes, what part of I'll do it? Didn't you understand? Yep. That's good because it gives him a backbone mm-hmm. because he is a little like subservient to to Marcy and stuff. But. That's really just mostly to keep the peace and the fact that which really gets developed on later. It's it's because he's not going to really work all that much. So you kind of have to keep your sugar mommy happy. But when there's a and you know, it's weird. It's always fifty thousand dollars. Whenever there's a chance to like be financially ready, he's ready to throw Marcy to the wolves. <laughs> like every time. <laughs> 
Well, they he just won sixty thousand in the stock market a few episodes ago, right? Mm-hmm. When they bought the "I Love Her, I Love Him" license plates on both of their BMWs. Yep. Let's just put aside the dishonesty of this for a minute. At least remember that you are a white-collar criminal. This man, at best, is a ring-around-the-collar criminal. You don't really hear people say ring-around-the-collar at all, right? In commercials or anything anymore. That's not even a thing. I don't think it is, no. That was like an 80s, 90s thing. Early 90s. Ring-around-the-collar. <laughs> That they used to be like some epidemic, like all your button-up shirts, like the light ones, always had a dark ring around the collar, and then certain soaps could get it out better than other ones or whatever. Why? Why did they have rings around the collar? Sweat, I guess. Yeah. Sweat, and I think it was, um, it was more like '80s and pre that, and because back then it was not uncommon for people to not take a shower every day. That was pretty much the norm. Like, that's why you had things like shower to shower, which is still around, but you don't have those commercials anymore. Um, like the, the, the powder. Yeah. Um, and the idea was that you didn't shower every single day. You showered every couple days. And so this powder would <laughs> keep you clean from shower to shower. Also, sure, uh, deodorant used to, their tagline used to be that you would that you would basically smell okay for like up to 48 hours. Well, then it became a thing for people to shower every day and those problems no longer really existed. And then so (laughs) therefore nobody had ring around the call. Maybe I've trained myself, but like, dude, if I don't shower and stuff, like, like I'll end up sweating and I smell awful and all that. Like, it doesn't matter how much deodorant or whatever, maybe (laughs) cologne you put on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it also, you know, I mean, women used to do their hair once a week. You know, you would only wash your hair once a week. And so then we had the, you know, the whole, oh, I can't, I can't go out tonight. I'm washing my hair. That was a legitimate excuse that people would use. Well, then as we got into like the 80s, people started washing their hair every day. See, I don't do that. No, I don't do that. I don't do that. I don't, I don't wash my hair every day. I'll rinse it. It's bad guess, for your hair, you know. I guess I take what what I used to call a sweet spot shower. Uh, we used to call them whore baths. <laughs> yeah, like well, don't his wa- is more charming. Yeah, don't wash. Don't. Yeah, I don't wash the hair, but a, a sweet spot shower. But I like whore bath better. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that was specifically like if you had to bathe in the sink for whatever reason, and you just hit the important. My and my best friend's mom called it an important parts. Um, <laughs> An important parts bad. Now, honey, you don't want to be in league with someone whose greatest accomplishment has been putting shoes on his knees and sneaking into the movies as a child. Besides, I don't want to wind up Bonnie to this man's Claude. See? We're talking about $50,000 here. That buys a lot of motion lotion. <laughs> deal right what is that are they trying to say lube or are they trying like massage oil it's got to be lube that is crazy how much lube do you need Uh, how about you just turn her on we uh we prank called walmart when i was a kid um i say kid i was like a teenager and act like we're an old man and we prank called walmart 
And my buddy was like, he was like, yeah. He's like, I'm calling your guys. He was like, I think there's something wrong. Your Kentucky jelly's expired. And they were like, oh, sir, well, well we're, we're, he was like, it's Kentucky jelly. We found it back there in the section, <laughs> like, you know, where all the, I don't know if he said like lotions and all that stuff were. And they finally put it together. He's talking about KY jelly. And they were like, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, sir, you're not supposed to ingest that. <laughs> yeah, the KY jelly didn't taste too good today. I want my money back. And so the four Chicago Wonder Kids arrived in Geneva for their summit with Russian leader. Come on, Mikhail. let's get some real news on it. And now the unusual story of the winning of the Winnie Tot sniff stakes, which occurred a short time ago. Hey, it looks like Jefferson's getting ready to blow town with his wife. He's supposed to blow town with me. I mean, us. As Miss Weenie Todd, I am pleased to present this check for $50,000 to Mr. Jefferson Darcy, a man that I have never, ever met before. And I might add, does not live next door to me and has no prearranged plans to split the money with anyone in my family. Now, do you think this was intentional or no? Like... No, I think she's just an idiot. Right, because Peg alludes to that later on when she says, maybe I shouldn't have let her in on the plans. But it almost, you know where I I was thinking for a second? Remember when Al said, hey, it looks like they're going to blow the town, just them, and they were supposed to go with me, Al says, remember? Yeah. Al says, and he goes, oh, I mean, uh, us. I thought... That Kelly realized that that's what they were doing, so she wanted to ruin it for them so that they can't go without the Bundys since they're going to go alone. So, what do you plan to do with my daddy's money, Mr. Darcy? You're really giving Kelly a lot of credit and, and putting all of it together, though. Right. I figure like she was sticking up in a way for her family. Not that she wouldn't, because I think they're very defensive of each other. I just don't think she would have the brains to look at them and put them to get, put it together that, oh, they're going out of town. They're gonna they're gonna go screw my daddy or whatever. Like I, I would think she was just going along with the plan. I mean, she mentions Al within the plan and stuff. And she had to. It, it, I'll put it like this: if she was smart enough to know that they were gonna screw her dad, she would be smart enough to know that just saying that is gonna get her dad arrested. It's so weird because she's so dumb that she thinks by stating all the obvious things that that will definitely dispel any notion that it might be happening. Yeah, I don't think that – I think that she was just being airheaded and said the stuff out loud. So she – how amazing was Marcy and Jefferson's face when she was saying all this and they just kept trying to smile and look into the camera like, okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> like that was like they have to keep smiling like everything's fine and everything she's saying is totally normal and yeah this isn't bad what she's saying yeah that's fine let's uh okay so can we go now and just kelly keeps on talking mm-hmm. like those faces alone had me dying oh it's priceless i like their outfits too could it be any more typical like just imagine standing there wondering when kelly's gonna shut the hell up you're like okay we don't need you to 
tell anybody anything else. That's fine, Kelly. Thank you. Have you ever been in that situation where someone's saying something and you're like smiling through your teeth? You're like, don't don't do that. Like, yeah, like you tell them something privately and they go and tell a group of people and you're like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. That's super duper awkward. I- I'm the king of accidentally doing that, too, usually. What Mr. Darcy intends to do with the money is to make partial reparations to the aged and stupid people he defrauded in the notorious Lake Chickamacamaco land scandal. Now, that's kind of good news because that means Al's going to get some money back. Yeah, it'll bail him out of jail. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, they'll use that to bail him out. So that's funny they brought up Lake Chickamacamaco again. That's great. It keeps a continuity in there. And it's an inside joke, because if uh, you're not a real fan of the show, you don't know what he's even talking about. Right. Yeah, and I, but I like that they don't, like, hold your hand. Mm-hmm. Through it. Oh, yeah, which is, which is pretty interesting, because, like, before I was watching these shows episode by episode through all the seasons and stuff like that, like, when I watched it when I was, like, a kid and all that stuff, when it was, like, you know, right, like... It was very spaced out. Like, you know, it was like you said, Alex, where it's like one of those things where you just kind of watched it when it was on because it was on. Like, Yeah, the, this is one of those shows you never watch by season. Well, I never did. Yeah, which it's a whole different experience doing it that way. Right. Oh, it is. This is interesting doing this whole chronological exploration because it's like I never thought of it that way. You really see the evolution and you get to – like it's interesting because now I kind of wonder I'm like for people that were hardcore into this and set their VCRs for you know every Sunday yeah yeah every yeah whenever this come whenever this come on I would love to have seen those people's reactions like in real time as it was happening and you know mm-hmm. the show was going on but you know we live in a weird world where binge watching is such a thing obviously I've been binge watched through the seasons. The week apart gives you so much time to marinate and also so much time for you to forget certain things that when you watch things back to back, um, you're a little bit more zoned in, zoned in to the continuity to where you're like, hey, this doesn't match this. This doesn't match this. And it's like when people were making those shows, they had no concept that like one day that people were going to be picking them apart, let it, let alone doing a podcast about them. I don't even know if they knew what a podcast was. Oh, no, no, there was none. Yeah, like we we would do things like Peg would win a car at a game show one week, and then the next week she says she can't do something because her car's in the shop. Yeah, and we're, we're like, what are you talking about? But here's the thing: I have to definitely tip my hat to them in that sense because they they're very good about referencing episodes previous, and you know Pe- that Peg's car that she won it shows back up later, you know, and yeah, that's cool. Things like that happen, like like. like for the for the problems that it had for this show not being like a show that was released all at once like they do on Netflix or whatever they did a real good job all things considered of still honoring things in previous episodes here and there and all that well they get better as they go totally that's for sure they really start realizing this is more than just some dumb show that's here just to sell commercials oh yeah it's they realized it was causing a, a phenomenon. Oh, yeah. So the IRS guy comes in, like I said, and his name is Milt Tarver. He's famous for Total Recall as a commercial announcer. Imagine that's what you're famous for in Total Recall. 
Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. He's a newsman. The show Martin, he's an executive. And Mancuso FBI. He is dead. He died at 61 in 2004, December 30th. He was on 90210 also as a doctor in the same episode, The Green Room. That's weird. Same episode as somebody else in this episode. Fox must have just been making people bounce around in their studio from to 90210 to any other show. Mm-hmm. Good, good. I'm glad. Glad, I say. I knew this would happen the moment I heard Al Bundy was involved. That's P-U-N-D. Hey, hey, that's my mother's bracelet. I'm not the criminal. Al Bundy is the criminal. <laughs> So Marcy knocks Jefferson the hell out. A right cross against the face. He is down instantly. One punch. Everyone's arrested. Marcy's glad because she knew that anytime she gets involved with Al, it always ends in tragedy. Uh, starting Probably starting with the 976 shoe <laughs> episode or whatever. But like, yeah, it is always something happening. That it all falls apart when Al's involved. Hi, Daddy. Leave town A. The jig is up, say. (laughs) Gee, Al, uh, maybe I made a mistake in letting Kelly in on the plans. Uh, no, Peg, it's not over. (laughs) Now it's over. At Al's front door, Al just knows. They don't even ring the doorbell. He just knows they're there. He knows this is no. And, and the best is once um once they're done watching all this stuff that just happened on the news with Marcy and all that, the the cut to them on the couch. Peg's face, Bud, when he's looking at Al, and then Al is like slouched so far down. (laughs) (laughs) That is just a defeated man. Like, that is like, you could freeze frame that and just use that and just put anything at the bottom that's depressing and it works. People, well, you could use that frame when people say, Well, tell me about Al. Tell me about the character of Al. And you can just show them that. Show them that. This is his life. What do you think? What's for dinner tonight in the Slammer, guys? Same thing every night. Weenie tots. (laughs) Book me. So Officer Dan got a good line. The other cops are behind them. They're holding the handcuffs. He's like, book me. That scene in itself always stuck out to me as a great little, like, it's a very married with children humor scene. Mm Mm-hmm. The cops just being there and everyone knows what's happening. Like, they're not going to fight about it. They're not going to explain it. Al knows. They know. He's willing to go. It's just, it's very Married with Children humor. Well, I, I took it as, because let's remember, uh, Weenie Tots is his favorite non-food food. Uh, so, like, I took it as he's excited about going to jail. He's going to be away from Peggy. He's going to get to actually eat a meal every night. Of his favorite food? I mean, that's for Al. That's awesome, I guess. Yeah, that's what homeless guys do in the winter. They try to get arrested, you know? Mm-hmm. And they try to get do something that outland in about three or four months, and then they get out. And some trivia for this episode, Married with Children podcast trivia, I mean. 
Jamie, our co-host, is holding a box of Weenie Tots in her hand on our show's banner, which can be seen on our YouTube channel, Facebook group page, Twitter page, Patreon. Zoom in, check out what's in her hand. It's a box of Weenie Tots. No, ma'am. We'll be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. Now they're available on the TV Time app. Go to your app store and type in TV Time. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now Dan, Jamie, and Alex are going to give their final thoughts on this week's episode. All right, all right, all right. How many boxes of weenie tots are we going to munch down on? Before they disintegrate, out of five for this episode, Jamie. I'm going to say I'm probably only going to get four down my gullet. I um, There were a lot of things I really did like about this episode. I think it was funny in a lot of ways. I kept thinking we were at the end and then something else would, would happen, like it would keep going. And so it seemed kind of fragmented mm. in that respect, like, oh, the episode is about... You know, getting the tots and then Peg being a dick about it. And then, but, <laughs> but then, mm-hmm. oh no, no, the episode is about the. And then we had the whole Marcy Jefferson thing. I don't know, it just didn't, it felt kind of mm, unfocused, I guess. And I know that it was because it was all about the same thing. It was all the, you know, the same chain of events, but it seemed kind of weird. So, I really did enjoy it. Like I said, there are a lot of things I, I did like, but it's not my favorite. Hmm. Okay. Aaron, how many Winnie Tots are you? How many boxes are you going to try to eat before they disintegrate out of five for this episode? You know, there's a part of me that kind of wants to piggyback off Jamie a little bit because I do feel what she's saying is that a lot, the, the way a lot of it went. But at the same time, I really enjoyed it. I really laughed. It's hard to say because, I mean, before she even said it, I, I was sitting there thinking in my head, I'm like, I know I'm somewhere between a 4 and a 4.5. Hmm. So I don't know if I can be swung one way or the other right in this moment. So if I'm going to call it, I got to agree with her. If um, if some of the other episodes I've reviewed with you guys was a 5, this has to be a 4, which means I liked it. Um, it means you really liked it. Yeah, I mean, I really, I really liked it. But, uh, <laughs> but like, it wasn't like, it wasn't my, my favorite episode, but it does, but you know, it does have a lot of good talking points. So I got to go for it. Okay. Well, um, so that's two fours out of fives. I'm going to eat four and a half boxes of weenie tots before they disintegrate out of five for this episode. I kind of liked that aspect of it because it just seems very layered, I guess, in that way. And it seems thought out and they keep getting and they keep like it's just all a bunch of plot devices that are well done and they all are are organic. 
They don't seem forced. None of it seems out of left field. Um, it it just does a really good job of keeping things moving and, and not just staying in one place the whole time either. So it's weird because I, you know, I see that as sort of a positive. I think the whole thing of Bud and uh, once again he becomes the loser because Kelly is just embarking on something just, just stupid and that is seen as the bigger go-to for the family and Bud is nothing again and he's only important when he could you know whatever so that's always great when they go with that that storyline with the two of them um al and peg i think were great in this episode really invested al's acting was really good in this one the girls i always love episodes where you got hot chicks and (laughs) a, a lot of times they're not hot uh the best example of that would be like rock and roll girl when all the girls were auditioning to be as the slut in the gutter cats video, these girls here were actually, I think this is where they're really starting to get the top models when they have to get groups of them. Um, the ones at the car, the uh, Bundy bounce show that those are pretty good too, but this was even better. Even the girl working at the place was hot. <laughs> the one who's not even a model, you know? Yeah, I don't know. And weenie tots is so iconic. They even like made a, a logo for him to make everything seem really official and real and i liked you know the area they were in the guys with the hooks what they got the girls to do kelly winning and um just the whole thing where as soon as you know everything's gonna go smooth and peg has to see that there's a thing that there is a scratch and sniff uh thing and so right we're like oh here we go of course this can't end right and as soon as al says what happens you know It'll not work out for Al again. He's the consummate loser. And then the way he comes home and Peg's just frantically scratching everything and everything's all in crumbs on the ground. And and then they win. So it's like, oh, wait, there's a glimmer. You know, it's like that's what's so great about it. It's like you keep thinking you know what's happening. You keep thinking you know what's going. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, this they're going to win, which is abnormal. Then you find out you can't. Then it's like, they'll do it. And then Kelly does Kelly. And the whole thing falls apart, ending with a great cap. The guy's just holding the handcuffs at the front door, smiling, Al going willingly. And it's Winnie Tots and the Slammer. So, I mean, I don't know. I see what you mean, but I guess I'm just seeing it in a different way. So I'm going with a 4.5. Nice. You did describe it pretty well. Thanks, brother. So we have a major announcement here. All right, guys, the next show is our 100th show. Our 100th show, the Married Children podcast. So I have, uh, I did a live video. I made a post on the Married Children Facebook. For the 100th show, we'd like everyone to send in an audio clip you could do this on your smartphones an audio clip that's 60 seconds or less just uh, talking about your thoughts or experiences with the Married Children podcast and we will play it on our 100th show so you get to be on our 100th show if you send this in you could just send it in and just say hey guys just wanted to say hi uh, having a good time at your show that's all yeah, nothing it yeah, it doesn't have to be elaborate or great quotes or anything like that. You could do that if you want. Do it. They'll, they'll play it, guys. They did it on the skeleton crew. 
Yep, well, we will play it, absolutely. Just send your audio clip to marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. And we, we already have about five submissions, so I'd like to get at least 10 or 15, you know, something like that. And we'll play it uh, on that show, 100 show. So big show coming up. And we are going to review on there. Kids, what are you going to do? In need of cold cash for hot prospects, Bud and Kelly find creative ways to earn money. While a disgruntled Peggy shares an uneventful evening of videos with Al at the Darcy's. That sounds good. Oh, yeah. That's ooh, that's exciting. <laughs> I wonder if Al wants Schwarzenegger again. Well, we'll see. We'll see. See you next week at our 100th show. Boom!